scripture reading is Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 32. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. <laughs> That'll wake you up, wouldn't it? When Jesus repeats something twice, it's worth listening to. Amen, church? Jesus said, Jesus said something, something greater is here. Something greater is here. Everybody say something greater. When Jesus speaks and he repeats himself, it's one of those things that you should listen to. And I want to challenge us today to think about those words. Something greater is here. If you haven't caught on already, something greater is here. And that is my sermon title for today. Um, I would like to take some time to pray. Every time I come to a passage like this, I just want to spend some time praying, asking God to help us to understand what he means here. Because it's very important. It's important for our next week's passage. It's important for us to understand this. So let's begin by spending a little bit of time, and I'll just give you a second to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand the word today. And after a little bit, I will pray for us. Our Father in heaven, I'm so grateful for your grace this morning. Though our hearts are evil, you are making us new. And Father, there would be no way for us to really understand your word apart from your your work, and apart from your Holy Spirit. And so Father, this morning I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us this morning. Help us to understand the word. Help me to preach it faithfully. 
And Lord, to say the things that you want and not the things that I want. I trust you because you want to teach our people. And so, Father, we, we are leaning on your grace this morning and your mercy. Pray us all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So the backdrop um, today in verse 29 starts off with this. The crowds were increasing. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, we had been journeying through the book of Luke. We saw that Jesus was confronted by a hostile and disbelieving crowd with bad thoughts in their mind that caused quite a stir. As we recall these events, some in this crowd said of him casting out demons that he did it by Beelzebub, which is an ugly, blasphemous way, John Mark explained, to say that Jesus did that by the power of Satan. You can go back and look at that podcast if you want to know more information about that. But Jesus logically rebuked that saying and said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But there was this other group of people in verse 16 of chapter 11 that wanted to test him and keep seeking a sign. This spectacle caused the scene and created a large crowd as everybody's wondering, what's going on here? What is Jesus going to do? Jesus was being interrogated by them, which is a wrong way to approach Jesus. Isn't that true, church? We don't interrogate Jesus. We let Jesus teach us. And our text picks up right here with Jesus not backing down or giving in to their request. And he said in verse 29, this generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Now, what does Jesus mean here by the sign of Jonah from what Luke is talking about? In short, let me just give you a spoiler before we finish with this. In short, Jesus was a sign. So think about a sign. He was a sign of the merciful rebuke like Jonah was to the people he was sent to. Verse 30 says, For as Jonah became a son to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Well, in order for us to get what Jesus is talking about, we have to kind of understand, we have to go back some, okay, to understand what he is talking about. Who was Jonah? Who is this Jonah character that Jesus is talking about? Well, Jonah was a prophet of God, a reluctant and sometimes bitter prophet, but a prophet nonetheless. He was called to go to an evil country to proclaim that the wickedness was so great that God had seen it. And because they were doing so much wickedness, they were going to be destroyed. Now, who was Jonah's crowd that he was sent to? It was Nineveh, the Ninevite people. Who were they? Well, Nineveh, according to Jonah chapter 3, 
was a massive city. It was three days journey in length if you walk from end to end. So, indeed, it was a major power of its day. But Nahum, another prophet in his time, was given a word to explain to us today what kind of people the Ninevites really were. So I'm going to pull out my Bible. I'm going to read a lot in my Bible today because I want us to read these old stories and I want us to get this. I'm going to pull out in my Bible, Nahum chapter 3. Verses 1 through 4. I'm just going to read them to you so we can see what kind of people these Ninevites were. It says, Woe to the bloody city, all full of lies and plunder. No end to the prey. The crack of the whip and the rumble of the wheel. Galloping horse and bounding chariot. Horsemen charging Flashing sword and glittering spear. Hosts of slain, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without end. They stumble over the bodies. All and all for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and people with her charms. That doesn't sound like a cool people, huh? Nah. Not a very cool people. And that's who Jonah was sent to. No wonder why Jonah was like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to go there. Don't want no part of that. But Jonah, through a series of events, ended up going to the people. And Jonah was a sign. A sign to the Ninevites. But how? How is he a sign? Well, Jesus continues, but draws on another Old Testament story the crowd would have been familiar with to clarify what he means. Verse 31 says, the queen of the south, the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. You see, the queen of the south refers to the queen of Sheba, who in 1 Kings chapter 10 is a major figure for their day. She was the, an Ethiopian descent and ruler of Saba or Sheba. And she had some Wisdom of her own, but she was really seeking out wisdom from above. Real wisdom that can only be given by God. And so again, I'm going to go to my Bible. And we're going to read again some more stories. Because I think we need to hear this. These stories are fresh today. And you're going to see why here at the end. First Kings 10 will be on your screen. Or if you have your Bible, you can join me there. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. Here's what it says. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, 
She came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels, bearing spices, and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she told him, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendants of the servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. So think about this. She's looking around, and she's seeing all this stuff. And she's seeing the wisdom of Solomon, and she's just like... And here's what she says next. She said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom. But I did not believe the reports until I came and in my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel. He has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. So what is Jesus saying here about the queen from the south? He's saying this queen who left her homeland to travel a great distance to hear wisdom. And she gets there and loses her breath because Solomon can just answer all of her questions, all of her riddles. She said, blessed be the Lord. I had to, this is the Queen of Sheba, I had to go miles in order to find wisdom. True wisdom. I searched for this. I wanted it that bad. Nothing was going to stop me. I'm going to take camels and chariots. I'm going to take all my best and fine jewelry and I'm going to go search for wisdom. That's how desperate I am. And what Jesus is saying, hear this church. Is the Sheba is going to rise up. The queen of Sheba is going to rise up. And she's going to look around. And the first thing she's going to see is me. And she's going to be blown away like she was at Solomon and even greater. And she had to travel miles. And not only that, she was a Gentile. She was not the promised covenant people. She was willing to go get this. And you have the wisdom of God right in front of you. 
in your own backyard and you're questioning me when really you should be asking, what should I do, Lord? How should I respond to your word? How can I treasure it and keep it? How can it become mine? How, how can I just get, get a little bit of your wisdom, Lord? This is wild what Jesus is saying here. Because every single Jew in this context will be offended. The Gentiles are coming from miles away and they're repenting quicker than God's own people. So Jesus presses this home further and Luke clarifies his intentions in recording this narrative to Theophilus. You guys remember what this book was written for? This book was written for in chapter one to have certainty of the things you have been taught. Yes, there's a parallel account in Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 42, which records the same story. And while it is true that Jesus during this encounter likens his ministry in Matthew to Jonah in a specific way in which Jonah went down into the belly of the fish. You guys remember this story? We went down into the belly of the fish and he came out three days later. So did Jesus go down into the earth and rise up three days later which, of course, is foreshadowing the resurrection. And praise God, aren't we thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, church? We are thankful for that. Praise God he gave us a sign like that. But the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, in which all those who put their faith in Jesus based their life on, is not necessarily the focus here of this text. Luke's pastoral heart for Theophilus, and I think is a moment for us today, is this. To be focused on the other part of this message. Not to neglect the resurrection, but so that the reader would really know who is really blessed. Because a few verses back, In chapter 11, Jesus says when gently correcting a woman who blurted out in the crowd, Blessed are you! She just blurted out. Blessed are the mother who bore you, who nursed you at her breast. Jesus responded and said, Rather, blessed are those who Hear the word of God and keep it. That's Luke's concern. Friends, we need to be people who hear the word of God and keep it. And to connect this to what Jesus is saying here is that the generation he was sent to is evil. Because unlike the Gentiles who repented and wept, And even the greatest of them, their kings and queens, came and kneeled to God before the preaching and wisdom of God. Something here was greater 
and they just did not want to believe. They not only had the miracles that he already performed, but as Luke has mentioned, he came with authority, speaking as a mouthpiece for God. Like the prophet Jonah and with the wisdom of Solomon. But they still did not want to believe. They kept wanting more and more signs. Like church family, the roles were reversed. God's people were supposed to recognize what was right in front of them. And the Jews didn't. And the Gentiles did. The Jews would have been offended. To them, they were God's people. The ones the living God had revealed himself to. They had special revelation from God in the law and the prophets in the Old Testament. They were the people who heard from the Lord directly. But here's Jesus calling them evil and even worse Maybe worse than the Gentiles. Friends, this evil word here is used to explain that you are not healthy. As we will see next week, when your eye is not healthy, your whole body is bad. There's no light in you, meaning there's darkness in you, and you are in the hands of Satan himself. So the sign of Jonah in this context is the fact that the prophetic word of God was living among them. And they had a choice to make. And it would get no other sign than that. Because Jesus had done more than enough compared to what Jonah did. Will you believe? That's what he's asking. Will you believe like the Ninevites who repented quickly? I'm going to go to another passage. Here we go. (laughs) I'm going to go to Jonah chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me too. Or you can look on the screen. I think Santos and Coley, they got it up there. Man, can we give them a hand? They are serving all the time. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Again, we we said earlier that Jonah chapter 3 explains that it was a very massive city. But I want you to see that this is kind of like almost comical. He's saying something greater is here. Jonah is struggling. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He gets put in the belly of a fish. He comes out. He's like, all right, fine, I'll go. He goes and listen to the attempt to uh, get people to repent. Uh, This is his preaching right here. Here we go. You guys ready? Verse 4, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. It's a three-day journey thing. He goes a day's journey, and he's like, huh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm far enough in. Here we go. And he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. And here's why. And bullet points in here, you know, there's going to be fire from heaven. Nothing. Forty days, you're going to be overthrown. Done. And here's what happens. This is crazy. And the people of Nineveh believed God. Mm. 
I heard that jump mark. I appreciate that. They called for a fast. And they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Now, friends, this would have been scandalous to the Jewish hearers. But more importantly, this was telling of what was really going on when Jesus came to bring salvation to the world. Jesus is light. Amen. And in him, all the nations will be pleased to dwell. Something greater was really here. People were missing it right under their nose. This leaves us with two great realizations that we as hearers of Jesus need to wrestle with this morning. And this will be how I close. Here's the two. The response of the crowd and the greatness of the preacher. The response of the crowd and the greatness of the preacher. First, the response of the crowd. Just like the Queen of Sheba had encountered the wisdom of God, the crowd had to. Here are a couple examples from what we just read out of 1 Kings chapter 10. The Queen of Sheba came with all of these riddles and things to test Solomon and his wisdom. But Solomon told the queen... Everything that was on her mind. And when people came to Jesus, Jesus even perceived their thoughts before they could speak. Friends, that should have stopped them right there. If you go back some verses, just go back some verses. That should have said, okay, I'm done. You have all the wisdom. You just read my mind. And they still weren't hearing him. Another example. Solomon had a rich table. A feast. It was magnificent and glorious. Could you imagine that? The temple and all of its glory. And there's uh, temple workers and there's feasts. And his table's full and it's just awesome. And she's like, oh my goodness. It's food. I ain't seen nothing like that. Have you ever been to a feast like that? I mean, it, not not Golden Corral or something like that. Don't, I'm not talking about that. Like you go to a buffet and you see a, a line. Of, no, I'm talking about like a okay anyway, a feast, right? And they saw that it was glorious, right? And the people who were with him in this crowd had seen Jesus. Do something even greater than that. They saw him take five loaves from a little boy and two fish. And they saw him pray to heaven, break that thing. And they started giving it to a whole bunch of people. Distributing it to his disciples. Disciples started giving it to people. There's baskets left over. Everybody was full and satisfied. Yeah. For sure. And yet, they still didn't want to believe. 
They didn't want to listen to Jesus. So much so that they clogged their ears enough to the point to where they ended up pushing him to the cross. They crucified him. They killed him. They yelled it out. Crucify him. Crucify him. And they nailed him to that thing right there that we have behind us. As hearers of the word of God, we need to be careful. We need to be careful how we approach Jesus. We might find ourselves in the wrong camp. But there's good news. There's really good news. The good news is that Jesus knew where he was going. God had a plan. Jesus died for them in a way that seemed like a stumbling block to them. As 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 24 through 25 says, it was indeed their salvation, though it looked like a stumbling block to them. Like Joseph said, what you plan for evil, God meant for what? Oh, you guys know. You guys are Bible readers. I love it. That God meant for good. He meant this for evil. But guess what? You can't stop me. You can't stop my plan. You can't stop my plan for you. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And as he went preaching and demonstrating the kingdom... He would eventually die so that the resurrection power that raised him from the grave could rescue an evil generation. Break down the wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile and establish one new family in Christ. Isn't that good news? Citing 1 Corinthians 24 through 25, which reads, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ. The power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. St. Bonaventure, on his commentary on Luke, says this of the passage. He says, Solomon was wise, but Christ is wisdom. Solomon is wise, but Christ is wisdom. And friends, this is what we're getting at here. As we think about Jonah, Jonah was a mouthpiece for God of grace through repentance. And Jesus' word, Jesus' word was even greater than that. Something greater is here. Jesus is the word made flesh, giving a purifying word of grace to all those who would receive it. Truly, something greater has come. Do you believe this, church? Put your trust in that God. Put your trust solely in Jesus and keep his word today. Pick a side before it's too late. Friends, the light of Christ has been in the world for over 2,000 years now. But here are 
here are a couple questions I want you to ponder as we close today. Are we any better at embracing Jesus on his terms than this crowd is? Are we any better at embracing Jesus on his terms than this crowd is? And furthermore, are we shining this light to the world so that they can see the one who is greater than Solomon, more wise than Solomon and greater than Jonah, a better word than Jonah? The world is desperate for it. Friends and family that you have are longing to be pointed to something greater. John Morant, a professional basketball player for the Memphis Grizzlies, made a post on Friday after his Nike shoe, look at me acting like a a black preacher, made a post on Friday. Anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. I just... I'm talking about John Moran. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get street for you real quick. He, he made a, a post. Friends, his Nike shoe deal, it had just happened. Like, think about this. You go your whole life and you're working your tail end off. If you've ever seen his training regiment, I've seen it. He's taken... Big old massive tires and he's flipping them over up a hill and stuff like that. That's why he's probably got over like a 45 inch vertical. It's crazy, right? He's doing all this work. He finally gets a shoe. In his name. A big ice party. In his name. And then listen to what he posts on Twitter. Not only a few hours later. He says, nah, it's a different story, it's a different story for, me. for me. It seems I got everything that I dreamed of, but I can't find no peace. Man. That hit me. Could you imagine? Others have had a hard life. And feel too beat down to get up. Friends, we're looking on the news every single day and there's no peace in the Middle East. And people are searching the world only to be found wanting when the answer is found in Jesus. Friends, nobody, including us, will find peace, wisdom, and the grace they desire Anywhere else apart from Jesus. So today, I just want to, just want to challenge you. This is where I want to close. I want to challenge you. Don't go looking for a sign elsewhere, which is ultimately what the crowds were looking for. A God of their own making, which is idolatry. Come to Jesus, the real Jesus on his terms. Receive his word. Even if you're doubting, the Queen of Sheba heard stories but wasn't okay just hearing stories. She had to go see herself and even tested Solomon. She had questions. She doubted, but she had a teachable heart and left praising and blessing the Lord. Friends, come to him. 
And you will be in awe of him. And you will be amazed at what you see in Jesus. And as you are in awe, the world will see you and you will shine. Something as greater is here. And that something greater is Jesus. Amen, church? That something greater is Jesus. Here's your challenge. Hear the word and keep it. Let's pray. Friends, uh, I, I just want to invite you, if you are feeling like your prayer life or your Bible reading is failing, I've been there, or you've just been struggling, can't get time in the Word, things are too busy, and it feels like you're getting breadcrumbs each day. And you're barely remembering the promises of God. Friends, I, I, just, I just pray that you would ask God to give you a season where the word it just flows like living water in your life. And that he would help you. And he would keep you. Father, I just pray for my friends. Lord, I pray that the word would get deep into our hearts. And we wouldn't have to demand for more signs because we know the promises of God and we see Jesus is true. And we recognize him and we hear and we learn from him. Father, we need you. Lord, it's so tempting to go to other things. And Father, I just pray that you would help us to not. Lord, please be with us as we worship here in a second in song. Break loose any chains of bondage. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.